Hey everyone, so for this week's episode, it's actually going to be split into two parts. So you'll get the first part on this Sunday that you're hearing this. And then the second part will come the following week. So uh, get ready for that. I've got some really insightful conversations that I have with my brother. And um, a lot of good questions that were asked and put into this podcast. So uh, two weeks, uh, this first part will be... It was a really long uh, episode, so that's why we split into two parts. And so this first week will just be part one, half of that. And then next week will be the second half. So stay tuned and enjoy. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Beneath the Layers. Um, this week is going to be a little bit different. Um, I will be answering questions that I had sent out on Instagram and a few other places to see what people are interested in knowing whether it's about me or just about anything in general. Um, I have my brother Isaac here to help me out with some of these questions. He'll ask me, he'll read off the questions. I haven't read these questions before doing this podcast, so they are hitting me just sort of right on the spot, no preparation to prepare an answer or anything like that. We're just going for it. it sounds good? Yep, sounds good. If you want to introduce yourself a little bit, just tell us a little bit about you. All right, well, my name is Isaac, Isaac Lopez. Um, I'm 20 years old. Uh, I live here with my brother in San Diego. And, yeah, we're just going to be answering these questions. Sounds good. Uh, well, first, let me just ask you, how's it how's it been living in San Diego for you? I mean, I know for me it's been good, but what about for you? Uh, for me, I, I say it's, it's been pretty good. Um, you know, the weather changes a lot better. <laughs> um, I like it. Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad. Uh, you wouldn't want to go back to Riverside in that hot weather? Uh, I don't plan <laughs> on going back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we can start with the questions. Uh, whatever. What's the first one? All right. So what inspired you to do a podcast? Okay. Uh, good question. I feel like this is probably one that people tend to ask me when I tell them that I have a podcast in general. Um, so I will answer it. Um, you know, honestly, I think what really motivated me the most to start a podcast is that one, I've heard it from a few people, you know, um, saying that I should, I should start one and that I would be really good at it because of, I guess, the way that I talk about certain things. I'm not entirely too sure. (laughs) Um, but I figured, you know, enough people told me, so I said, you know what, why not just give it a shot and see how it goes? And so I thought about it for a little while of how I would even approach starting a podcast or what I want it to be about, things like that. And so I ultimately came to the conclusion that I really just wanted to start it um, to kind of just open up um, the way that not only I think about certain things or certain situations. Uh, that people go through on whether it's an everyday sort of thing or you know an every once in a while sort of thing Um, but also the people that I talk with you know uh, I want to see what their perspective on things are and um, sort of dig into how they approach certain situations and we can see how much that differs or doesn't differ and maybe just that conversation can help people just with their own problems or with their own situations and so hopefully it can just motivate whoever's listening to um you know make a certain decision or make the right decision just 
based on whatever they're going through and so that's part of the reason why I decided to just to go for it and start a podcast and just make it about that you know so uh, yeah I think I think that's the main thing right now will it change over time maybe I don't know I feel like um, the more that I do it the more I'll adjust to certain things you know maybe I'll ask more of a certain type of question or maybe I'll like um, talk about certain topics or certain situations just depending on what it seems like the listeners um, respond the best to so yeah yeah uh, you know uh, I've never uh, like listened to podcasts or that was like my type of thing or anything um, but once you got, when you started doing podcasts uh, I found interest in it you know I, I watched your podcasts and uh, you've been doing good you know the way you <laughs> Uh, other per, uh, people's perspectives you know yeah and i appreciate you doing the, these podcasts you know yeah well i'm glad you listen i mean you know as long as you know honestly as long as one person listens and as long as one person can take something from it doesn't matter who it is it could be you it could be some stranger that never even met me or knew who i am you know um, if they can take something from it then i would consider this to be a success because i don't really care to do this for popularity or anything like that i just you know whoever listens to it, if they can get something from it you know I, I'm, I'm willing to put in the time that i do to to do this podcast so i mean if some somebody can take something from it then that's what i think is most important that's what i base the success on this of so yeah cool i'm glad you listen <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so we're gonna move on to the next question uh it's gonna be how do you think this podcast will help you and not just the people listening? It's a good question, actually. <laughs> it follows just kind of what we we're talking about. Um, for me, I think, honestly, the coolest part about it is just getting to know the person a little bit deeper than on service level when I talk to them because it seems like, uh, for the most part, whenever, these, whenever I'm recording a podcast with somebody, um, there's always that layer underneath the surface that tends to come out and that's why I decided to name it beneath the layers in the first place because I figured you know once we have start having a conversation like this or you know where we can just sort of ask the deeper questions you know you don't usually ask the deeper questions when you're just casually hanging out with somebody or casually talking to somebody um, and so it's very interesting to just kind of get to know people on a deeper level and I think it just helps me um, connect with people and um, honestly for me growing up uh, you was pretty much more on, on the quiet end of things you know I didn't really talk to people mostly because I didn't know what to say to them or I didn't want to say something wrong or have them look at me like I had no idea what I was talking about and stuff like that but just over time like it doesn't you just realize that it doesn't really matter like people on the most part really want to hear what you have to say um, and so for me it's just like it's helped me be able to connect with people a little bit better and the more I connect with people the more I can dig deeper you know and so for me it's just been really helpful in that way uh, I feel like with each podcast that goes by that I'm able to ask um, I wouldn't say like more interesting questions I feel like uh, all the questions that I ask are interesting at least to me and so I can just kind of uh, ask questions that 
can be a little bit more insightful or get a little bit better of a response from the other person, you know. So, I mean, I, I guess that's that's what I would say. It, it's helped me uh, personally just doing this podcast. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, um, <clears throat> so we're going to move on to the next question. Um, All right. The next question is going to be, when was one of your worst moments and how did you get through it? One of my worst moments, um, that's a, um, that's a good question. Uh, I guess I'll answer this in two ways because I have a, I, I have, there was a, I guess two, I guess you consider worst moments. Um, the first one, though, I wouldn't say necessarily was my worst moment, like personally, because I had nothing to do with what happened. But um, when I was about eight or nine years old, ten years old, um, you know, my parents, they ended up getting a divorce. Our, 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 our <laughs> parents, <laughs> our parents ended up getting a divorce. And I remember that it was very, very hard on me in particular. Um, because I was sort of at the age where I knew uh, where I, I knew what was going on really you know I, I just knew everything that I saw you know I saw and I understood well I didn't understand then I understand now but um, and I know you are too young uh, to probably even really remember a lot of it yeah I don't I don't really remember much on that so yeah and then my sister I think was also probably too young to really remember or our sister <laughs> was a little too too young to remember anything too but I remember everything pretty clearly and I just remember that during that time what I would do is pretty much blame myself like if I did something wrong to cause uh, to cause that to happen or whatever um, and so uh, I would say that was one of the one of the worst moments but how I got through it um, honestly a couple of things that helped me get through it was just I felt like at that moment in time I don't know what I'm eight or nine and I figured well you know this is how uh, you know our parents relationship ended up being because of the decisions that they made and so I kind of just made it upon myself to never make those mistakes that they've made um, and by doing that maybe I can help you know show my brother and sister at that time that you know doesn't matter like you can still make it through and be anything and everything that you want to be so I just made it a point to do that and just kind of use that as my motivation to do well in school because I knew both my parents never really did well in school um, and so I really wanted to do the best that I could um, to just try to in a way make a better life for myself and that, don't get me wrong like it, it was a young kid, young age, growing up. So um, I had many phases and made many wrong decisions and things like that. But as long as you learn from those decision, this, those decisions or those mistakes that you make, then uh, you know I think that helps you get through things and prepares you for mistakes or things that you might make in the future. So um, that's just kind of like how. I got through it, you know, I just kind of used that as motivation, and I kind of just, to put it harshly, didn't want to be like either one of my parents at that time, because 
I remember the decisions and the things that they did and how I felt because of it and I didn't want to feel that way anymore so I didn't want to make those decisions that would make me feel that way and so I just kind of <coughs> led um, away from that and I think for a while it probably led to me not really having a close relationship with any of our parents so my mom or my dad don't really feel like and you probably feel the same way because that's just the kind of people that they are is they don't they're not really the type of people to ask you or really sit you down and talk with you about about certain things or or have a conversation with you about stuff you know they just kind of honestly I feel like for us our relationship with our parents is very surface level it's never really been too deep you know um, and I don't put I don't blame them for anything or I don't put any blame on them because I think that that's just the type of person that people that they are you know they they themselves have a hard time um, showing their own emotions um, and they don't really like to show people their emotions you know if they're going through something um, then they kind of rather try to deal with it on their own than like than want to show us that they're going through something you know and that's just how they are and so I, I learned that I learned that over a period of time and so I just kind of um, for me personally I made it a point to if I need ever needed help or I tried to let people know um, anybody you know if they ever need somebody to talk to or listen to them there for them and can talk and listen to them if they need my help I'll help them and I'm a really not a judgmental person so it makes that a lot easier and uh, comfortable for people to talk to me in particular. Yeah, you try to understand them and what, you know, yeah. their perspective on things. Exactly, their perspective on things. And I think that's what makes me pretty good at doing these podcasts sort of thing as well, is being able to connect with people. Um, and a lot of people don't like to talk to others because, again, they feel like they're going to be judged. They feel like you're going to tell them, like, oh, you're doing this wrong or you shouldn't be doing it this way, you should be doing it that way sort of thing without understanding first why they're even making those decisions and then helping them that through that first and then maybe guiding them a little bit on what direction might help better or what might not be better, you know? So, uh, I mean, I guess that was one of the worst moments. The other one, uh, not so much on the personal level, uh, a little bit more, oh, it's a little bit, it, it's still personal, I guess, but it's not that deep as... Uh, when I was in school, um, my junior year of high school, um, uh, you know, I was, again, you know, I wanted to do good in school. I wanted to go to college and all that. And I, senior year, beginning of the senior year, like end of junior year was, was fine. Like that's when I was like, okay, I finally decided that, yeah, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to, you know, go and study something. Um, and then senior year, like the beginning of it, I don't know, you know, I guess it's senioritis or something, but my grades started slipping and I was feeling pretty terrible because I was like, man, now I'm never going to make it. You know, I'm never going to go to college. And everything that I wanted to show, you know, people, uh, you know, my brother, my sister, um, that they can, you know, go to go to college, too, and, like, do all this stuff or, you know, do whatever they want. Um, you know, I was really worried about that. And so, actually, uh, once I – I think it was the first report card. I had, like, C's. Um, and like I was failing a class I think um, and I was really upset about it and so the next the rest of the year I just sort of picked it up 
and I finished off strong and I ended up going, you know, getting accepted to college and ended up going there. But uh, during that time, you know, that feeling of just being like, oh, am I about am I about to fail was pretty terrible. And I just got through it by just remembering what I wanted to accomplish and, um, you know, just went for that. You know, it's kind of like playing a sport, you know, when you're you don't often want to go to practice, but the more you practice, the better you get. And that's just kind of the way it is with everything, you know. So, yeah, pretty long answer. (laughs) (laughs) Good question. Yeah, um, I'm going to go ahead and answer this. uh, Just one of my worst moments. Um, Okay. One of my worst moments, um, I was 16, I believe, and I actually got into a car accident. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it was just an ordinary day, you know. I was actually going to the gym um, and I dropped off my mom at work and I was driving and so there was a tree and there was a tree in front of me and then uh, the light was behind the tree so I looked at the radio and then the tree was right there so I wasn't able to see the red light so I actually uh, ran the red light not on purpose accidentally and I actually hit another car so I got into an accident. and uh, the way I got through it, um, it was uh, hard for me because I was young and uh, I didn't have my license at the time. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, tomorrow, there's always going to be a tomorrow. So uh, that's the way I always uh, looked at it. Um, you know, the sun's going to rise the next day. So you just got to, you know, move on to things. You know, uh, it was a pretty uh serious accident no one got hurt but uh yeah so that was like one of my worst moments but uh I was able to get through it you know uh it didn't like uh traumatize me you know I was able to drive back I was able to drive again um and so you know so I did get through and yeah that was one of my worst moments do you think that moment made you a better or safer driver now or do you think you still drive recklessly (laughs) (laughs) no i definitely uh take more precautions driving now uh yeah you know once you get into an accident you know you like you just focus on the road a lot more you know (laughs) yeah you try not to get into another one because it's not a a good feeling to get into an accident yeah and you know that just kind of reminds me it's kind of just like a one of those one of those moments where it's like a teaching moment you know you kind of make a mistake or you know or just a little too careless at one moment in time and it can change your whole direction on just what you do every day just like now maybe now you look twice at the light before you're going <laughs> or yeah. something like that but that's an everyday thing right so that one moment made you every day now look at the light a little bit more carefully um, and you know that can happen with a lot of different things you know um, you know, it doesn't have to be an accident or anything like that. Like, uh, an event can occur in someone's life, and it can, um, you know, spark something within within them, or it can traumatize them. And it's just a matter of how you approach the situation. See, um, the one thing I think uh, that's great about that is you have more of a positive um, outlook on it. Like, okay, like, oh, there's going to be tomorrow. Like, don't worry, sort of thing. 
uh, instead of dwelling on it or feeling guilty that you made that mistake, you know, and like saying that you're a terrible person because of it or something like that, you know, because not everybody's going to be perfect. So, yeah. And then I, um, one thing that also helped me, um, I called, I, so I called our mom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I called our mom and uh, I let her know that I got into an accident. And yeah. then the only thing she was worried about was if I, if I was okay. So yeah. that's also what helped me get yeah. through it too. That's true. I wasn't angry. You know, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, that's good. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next question. Um, in your field of study, what has been the most challenging part about it? My field of study. So... Okay. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, my field of study, I am in, uh, well, I guess technically I'm a scientist. Um, I studied biology, um, and oh, I have a master's in biology, bachelor's and a master's in biology. Um, so within the field, the thing that um, happens quite frequently is that it's always changing. Um, the there's always a lot of studies that are or newer studies that are coming out that reveal something about the field, whether it's something in particular. Um, the thing about biology is that it's very broad. So um, right now, currently, I work mostly with um, like doing cell culture work or um, sort of assay developments or functional assays, things like that. Um, and biology just covers the study of life, so you can study a bunch of different things. Um, bacteria, viruses, animals, you know, it's just, it covers the plants even, it covers all of that. Um, so during school and everything, you know, you learn uh, about a lot of, of variety, but when you start working and when you start doing research, uh, your research is going to be in a particular field or area, it's going to be in a particular spot. And so um, I've been working a lot with stem cells uh, within the past four years now, five years, since 2017, really. So four years. And um, that's been great. But the, f the field is moving rather quickly. Um, a lot of stuff comes, or information and studies come out about it. And so uh, it's always changing. So you always got to keep up with it. And you always have to know what's out there, what's new, what is everybody studying, because um, uh, you want to keep up with it and make sure you're on top of it. If you ever talk to biologists or somebody within the field, you kind of want to know what you're talking about when you're talking with them. And if they ask you a question, you want to be able to, to be able to have a conversation without it or about it or answer the questions that they're asking, um, because it's a competitive field, and you know people uh, always want not only want to share with you information, but also show you how much they know about stuff. You know, so. That's always part of it, and uh, I would say that's probably one of the most challenging parts is just keeping up with it because it, it can be a lot sometimes. Um, but I will say once you have a foundation um, of the field, like of biology, of whatever you're studying within biology, if you have a good foundation of understanding it's pretty easy to understand the new stuff that comes out because it probably relates to something um, that you've read before or you know about. It's just a little added detail here and there that you can probably easily remember. So um, I guess that's good about it. But I mean, I guess, yeah, I would say that's probably the most challenging part about it um, as of right now. Designing, designing experiments can be a little tricky too. It's a lot of uh, trial and error, um, but 
you know, you get through it. Yeah, so. Nice, nice. All right, so on to the next question. Um, what's one of your most memorable childhood memories? Memorable childhood memories. Um, childhood memories. I don't have many. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, honestly, one of the, my most favorite things to remember back on my childhood is whenever I was playing sports, um, when I was younger especially. Um, somewhere in my apartment, I have trophies, lots of trophies <laughs> of uh, me playing sports and stuff. But that was one of the things that I loved the most. Um, I felt like that playing, just playing sports in general, didn't matter which one it was, just helped me kind of build my character. Um, and so now I would like say that without, if I never played sports when I was younger, I probably wouldn't be where I am now because. I feel like by playing sports, it built a foundation where it's like, okay, in order to get good at something, I really have to dive into it and practice, and repetition is always key. It's always, you know, the more you do it, the better you get, and so that it's like that with everything. You know, the more you study biology, the better you get. The more you um, play video games, the better you get at the video games. The more you... Um, do video editing the better you get the more you do podcasts the better you get photography same thing you know anything that you practice and have a genuine interest and likeness for you'll get good at um, and so I think that's something that's actually very important when it comes to um, understanding who you are as a person is finding what you like and uh, just going for it no matter if it's something that is going to make you a million dollars, if it's something that's going to make you ten dollars, it doesn't matter. As long as you like it and you enjoy doing it, then I say you go for it, you practice it. And eventually, if you practice it enough, if you enjoy doing it, it's not going to uh, upset you or you're not going to get frustrated. You're not going to want to quit because you en enjoy doing it. So when you have those bad moments, it's just a bad moment. You're not going to quit because of it. Um, and eventually, you'll become a master. And if you're the master at anything, you'll be successful and wealthy I mean think about it this way the even when it comes to video games those people who practice video games day in and day out put in all those hours to play um, make hundreds and thousands of dollars because they play competitively in um, competitions and doing things like that and so it's like it, it, it doesn't matter what it is it can be an artist you know paint you paint over and over again people will buy your art for thousands and thousands of dollars so it doesn't matter how minuscule your idea or the thing that you like is if you become a master at that thing you'll be very successful in doing that thing no matter what it is I, I think so anyway I mean that's what's been most memorable as a child is just playing those sports you know something very simple but I think that's when I think back that's what I remember most and not even like I just love playing it at any time even pick up games with my friends at the park or whatever <laughs> you know those were probably even the most fun because you know it's just out there having fun throwing a ball around or shooting hoops or whatever so yeah I would say that probably uh, I'm gonna share one of my most memorable uh, childhood moments um, this one's like very clear to me because it's like it was like the most fun I probably had in my childhood um uh back in my 
uh, neighborhood. Uh, we used to have a bunch of my friends. We also live in the same neighborhood. We all lived close to each other. So, yeah. uh, you know, after school or on the weekends, we would always hang out in our neighborhood. Um, and one of the most memorable things was um, we were all riding our bikes, and uh, one of our friends had a ramp, and we would uh, jump. We would <laughs> jump our bikes with the ramp, and uh, so it was me. I was riding a bike. I was just, we put the ramp towards like the grass area so we could jump onto the grass with the bike. Um, and I actually went over the ramp, and I didn't quite make it onto the. My front tire made it onto the grass, but my back tire hit the curb, so it made a big uh, pop sound. So uh, you know, and then all my friends ran, and we're all laughing. So uh, you know, it was that was a fun day, and that was the most <laughs> clear thing I could remember. Your friends ran. Yeah, so they all ran oh. with the, from the pop. Oh, yeah, okay, that's funny. Uh, that sounds pretty fun. I've never done that before, actually. I don't think I've jumped off a ramp with a bike. Sounds cool though. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I should fun. probably do it. I should build one in the front. <laughs> Gotta yeah. get a bike first. That's true. <laughs> I don't have a bike. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, next question. Um, what are your thoughts about the current situation regarding the vaccine? And I actually like this question because uh, I'm not really caught up with the vaccine or anything, and uh, I'm yeah. pretty. Um, you probably know a lot more than me, so you know getting your perspective on the vaccine would be. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. Uh, so I mean, I guess it's a tricky question because especially right now, there's a lot of people who are against it, a lot of people for it, um, and the thing about the vaccine is that, or about the current situation regarding the vaccine right now, is that there's a lot of misinformation out there. Now. When I say that, I really mean that people who, whether they're for the vaccine or not for the vaccine, whatever the case might be, uh, it doesn't really matter. A lot of people are getting their information from the news or newspaper or news, ar news articles and things like that. And that's actually really cool if or fine if you want to get sort of uh, surface level information, you know, but it doesn't really tell you much about the vaccine itself or anything like that. You'll hear a bunch of stats being thrown out uh, on a, a news and you know what, you watch CNN or you watch Fox and it'll be a different stat that they throw at you. You know, it's, n it's never the same, it's probably never the same one or whatever the case might be. Um, and when it comes to that, I think that um, that is necessarily, or that is primarily considered a secondary source um, because the news article or the newspaper is getting that information from another source and they're just relaying it, trying to relay it in a certain way to their audience. And of course, the way that they relay it, the way that they put their information out is going to, uh, you know, be for their audience, what their audience is supposed to be. Um, and so if you really want to know, if you're really, like, if you are really interested in knowing about the vaccine and not just one of these people who are against it or for it and so you just find whatever is useful for you to put out there as like fact yeah so uh, I would really consider you to go to a primary source and a primary source is a um, article that is a study that's put out by um, a university that's studying the vaccine in particular or 
COVID-19 in particular and the effects of the vaccine on the um, on their um, the people I guess that they're doing the vaccine with or that they gather from um, that they gather information from people who've taken the vaccine uh, and then they do their study that way um, because you'll see the data they have to they have to put the data that they get onto this paper and they'll show it to you in a graph form they'll sh give it to you in writing they'll give it to you in a table and these people are the ones that are doing the experiments or doing the study and um, giving you the information from that study and so a lot of these news articles um, or uh, news coverage um, will take just bits and pieces from those articles that fits their narrative and then put that out to the public and then the public will just eat it up you know and say oh the vaccine's bad because it killed this number of people or these number of people have had a reaction to it but that doesn't necessarily really tell you the whole story and so you really need to get to those uh, primary sources and not really listen to the secondary sources or the news um, because the news is really trying to get you to believe something that fits their audience or what their audience or they know their audience is going to um, you know eat up really you know what it doesn't matter what side you're on again like if you're against it if you're for it whatever you know that doesn't really matter all I know is that it there's a lot of misinformation out there you know about everything but I will tell you exactly how the vaccine works in this case the COVID vaccines that MR and M RNA vaccine and so um, what that basically is, is um, the vaccine that gets injected into you acts as a template for your body to fight against the virus so it'll be so think about it this way if you were to not get the vaccine um, and let's say you get COVID or somehow you get COVID um, the virus will has this little spike protein that's on on the surface of it and it uses those spikes to attach to your cells and then insert itself into your cell and it starts to replicate and when it does that it kills your cell and so that's and then when it kills enough of your cells that's when you start to feel sick or that's when you start to have the bigger issues okay so that's how the, that's a, like a really quick overview of how the virus itself works now you won't really feel the that you are sick or that you are infected with COVID-19 or actually any virus until it reaches a certain threshold basically if it kills a certain number of cells or if you have a certain number of viral particles within your system that's when you'll start to feel it. and that's because your body finally recognizes uh, the virus and then um, is able to fight against it and so when you get a fever um, and when you get symptoms that's your body's way of fighting against it the reason why you get a fever by the way is because Usually viruses um, or bacteria or anything in general has a specific temperature that it is most effective at. So your body heats up to try to make the virus or the bacteria or whatever less effective in replicating. So that's why you get a fever so you can kind of slow down the virus while your body makes antibodies to, to fight against it. And so what the vaccine does is it basically insert you uh, get a template of what the virus is um, or what the virus or the viral particles basically and your body is able to fight against it before you even have the virus so when 
the virus actually does infect you, let's say you were to get, if you were to have the vaccine and then you somehow get infected with the virus, well, your body doesn't spend any time trying to figure out what the virus is because it already knows. It's like it can see that spike protein and it can just be like, oh, well, this is what this is. Let's just go kill it. And so the virus isn't able to um, replicate itself to where you start feeling sick or you get a fever or anything like that. Um, um, sometimes it can because, uh, again, everybody's bodies, just how everybody is different as an individual when it comes to their personalities, the way they think, the way they do this, so is the response when it comes to fighting infection. Uh, some people are a lot quicker at it. Some people are a little bit slower. That's why when you get older, you're a little bit slower when it comes to um, healing because your body's just trying to catch up a little bit. Um, uh, but if you keep maintain a healthy diet and exercise, then you can still maintain a high level of um, fight against foreign objects when, when it comes to your body and things like that. Um, so, I mean, everybody, again, everybody has the right to not get the vaccine or get the vaccine, you know, but um, there's nothing, I mean, honestly, for me, there's there's nothing to be uh, afraid of it, of, you know, I think that's the big thing is most people are just afraid of getting a vaccine because, uh, you know, they don't know how they themselves will react to it. Even though they say, you know, most people or 95% of people or whoever get it are fine you know um it, they don't want to be that five percent or whatever the case might be or they don't want to believe the government you know honestly if i'm being honest a lot of the people who decide not to get the vaccine is mostly because people are telling them to get the vaccine and they just want to be rebellious against it you know uh, because if they if they really cared then they would go and do that those that research with the primary um, information rather than getting all of it from social media or the news or whatever the case might be, you know. Um, and so, again, like they, I mean, they can decide to get it to not get it, you know. If they do end up getting coronavirus, then they'll just have to take a little bit longer when it comes to fighting against it, you know. And the the real situation though is that people are dying from it, and so that's why um, it's highly encouraged that you do get the vaccine because if you do you're just less likely to pass it on to someone else, you know. Um, also wearing masks, like that's a, I, I'm going to be honest with you, like, you know, the whole mask thing is actually, you know, the entire time that the mask mandate was, and like as part of, um, you know, you have to, you, wherever you go, you have to wear a mask sort of thing. I never got sick the whole time. Didn't get sick one time. I usually get sick throughout the year, at least a couple of times. Especially around Christmas time is when I would get like when it gets a little colder or whatever, yeah. flu season or whatever the case might be. So, um, and I didn't get sick the entire time. So to me, that just shows that you know, at least wearing a mask that stops whether you believe it's coronavirus or not, like it stops any. It stopped a lot of. It stopped me from getting sick. So I didn't get sick at all mm -hmm. that whole time. Um, so I mean, that's that. Uh, you know. The, the whole situation is, I think, it, right now, currently, is just messed up because, again, uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there, and there's not a lot of people who want to take the time to actually read into the studies that are being done um, uh, throughout, or all over the world, not just here in the U.S., but just all over the world in general. Uh, there's a lot of studies that are, that are being done with the vaccine. 
um, uh, and the FDA with, with the at the beginning the FDA approved it as emergency use um, because they found that it was effective enough and it didn't get people didn't have that many not a whole ton of people had uh, reactions to it I mean with that's with anything though you know people who are highly allergic to to things you know that's because their immune system recognizes harmless um, um, I guess compounds when again they're harmless they're not harmful so that's like people that have a peanut allergy you know that peanut oil or whatever compound it is that their body when they eat a peanut recognizes as being har harmful when it's actually harmless um, that's when they have those allergic reactions you know and, you know so people are gonna have because everybody's immune systems different but if the majority of people are able to get a vaccine and be okay with it then I think that it isn't something that you should be afraid of you know it's not something that anybody should be uh, afraid of um, I understand that a lot of people don't trust the government and don't trust um, people but if you're going to you just don't want you just want to be consistent like, like if you trust the flu shot for example or you trust um, the uh, measles mumps and rubella vaccinations and things like that that the healthcare people say it is safe and it's good for you to go and then there's no reason why you should trust or you shouldn't trust the covid vaccine because i mean you know a lot of healthcare workers are are for it for the most part you know not i mean not again not everybody's going to be for it even people within the healthcare system aren't going to be for it you know it's kind of like a majority minority thing sort of thing you know but the most most of the consensus is that the vaccine is safe and it's effective so i mean um, i just think that everybody should take their time to do some research and but primary research when it comes to looking into the covid vaccine don't listen to uh, any of these news outlets don't listen to the newspapers or things that you see um, um, online you know on facebook Instagram, Twitter, whatever, you know, I, I don't really pay attention to any of that. I mostly do my own research, you know, and I, I'm, I got the vaccine back in February, something like that, a long time ago, <laughs> been fine, <laughs> haven't had any issues whatsoever, so, I mean, whatever, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry, that's what I say, you know, so better to have, to be a little bit protected than not protected at all. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that perspective on yeah the vaccine. Uh, you know, one quick thing. You know, I would really be interested actually in talking with somebody who's really against it because I just want to hear where they come from as well. You know, I don't want to you know just say that it's a good thing and everybody should do it, but I also want to understand where people come from when they're really against it. You know. So I would, you know, if anybody out there is listening and they're completely against the vaccine or whatever the case might be, you know, it'd be really cool to talk with, have a conversation and just get your perspective on, you know, why, why you are against it, you know, and just have a conversation. I like, I like those kind of conversations. So it's cool. It's insightful for me. So yeah. Uh, next question. All right. Next question. How do you deal with confrontational situations or situations when you get angry? Okay. That's a good question. Um, Honestly, it takes a lot for me to get angry. Um, it does. It really does. Um, 
So, I mean, of course, you'll, there's moments of time where you get frustrated or things like that, but I don't think I've ever, I really ever feel like real anger, you know, like legit anger. Um, but when it comes to a confrontational situation, I feel like I'm actually pretty good at that because overall, I think I, I kind of have a calm demeanor. So because I don't overreact or escalate a situation because I'm so calm whenever somebody is confrontational to me, um, it kind of helps de-escalate the situation almost right away, I feel like. Um, but, you know, even when that doesn't happen and the like the other party of the group or the of the conversation or whatever is remaining confrontational i still don't get angry i still don't really like push anybody's buttons or anything like that because again like i'm i just want to kind of understand where you're where they're coming from you know because i feel like if i can understand where they're coming from then it's a lot easier for me to talk with them talk it out whatever the situation might be um, and that's usually the way that I deal with it is I talk out the situation. I don't, and I don't hide from it. Like I don't push it till tomorrow or I don't push it till next week or anything like that. Like if somebody seems to have a problem with me or whatever the case might be, I try to deal with it as quickly as possible because, um, you know, I don't want to waste any time when it comes to that, you know, cause if let's say that somebody is very confrontational towards me or has this, a problem with me or whatever the case might be and we don't figure out figure it out or situate it out for a, a week let's say then that's a whole week of just um, pretty much worrying about what's going to happen or thinking about what to say or what I should say or things like that like when it can just be solved within that same day now I do understand that there are some people who need some space but I think that you can give them that space while at the same time not pushing a solution to the problem, but um, at least progressing towards a solution. Like, you know what I mean? Um, because some people do get heated um, when they are arguing with somebody else or whatever the case might be. So they need some time to cool down, but they don't need like uh, a whole week is a little too much I think like I think a couple days or so if that is enough time to give someone to calm down and be able to have a conversation with you to solve the problem what about you do you have an answer for this question has there ever been a <coughs> situation where you've been in an argument or it's confrontational and you get angry um, honestly I'm the same way like you um, I don't get angry you know I just kind of I'm like calm you know uh, I've never had any problems with anyone so I mean I've never been confronted by anyone Okay. so I mean I can't really say uh, how to deal with it because you know it hasn't happened yet Or well how do you think you would deal with it if um, it was to happen yeah uh, I think I wouldn't like um, how do I word it like um, egg it on you know like yeah. uh keep keep it going like get start yelling at them you know or mm. make it worse uh i would definitely try to talk them talk to them about yeah. it um you know i don't want to fight or anything <laughs> you know argue yeah. um it's just not how i am so yeah i mean i would definitely talk try to talk to them about it yeah 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 pretty much the same 
Yeah. I think that's the best way anyways. I mean, yeah. So that's what we would say about that. Yep. So there you go. That was the first part of this podcast episode. Um, Episode nine will be part two, um, where we continue to answer some questions uh, from the listeners and the audience. And hopefully um, you can get some more insight on both me and my brother. Um, I think that um, there's a lot more exciting things to be said in the second part. So stay tuned for that. And we will see you next week.